Hello, and welcome to Fab Lab. This is the podcast for the International Journal of Feminist Approaches to Bioethics, brought to you by Fab Network. My name is Catherine McKay, and today I'm joined by Emma Tamilti from the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston, Texas. And we're doing a little something different today because this is a kind of handover episode. Um, so welcome, Emma. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for being here. It's lovely to be here with you. Um, it's very sad, though. These are big <laughs> shoes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. So Emma will be taking over as host of FabGab um, for the next little while because I'm going off on sabbatical to do some fun things, including some uh, research and some um, travel. So um, I thought it best to hand over the reins of FabGab, but I really loved doing it and I think it's going to be in great hands. Um, Emma, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Cool. Okay. Um, well, I'm Emma Tumulty. I'm an assistant professor here in the Department of Bioethics and Health Humanities at UTMB and our Director of Graduate Studies. Um, I have a background in health service research and bioethics training, and I have a commitment to feminist and community-engaged approaches to my work. Um, I tell people generally I'm a bit of a buzzy bee and I like to stick my nose in lots of flowers. So uh, my research areas are diverse, but they generally fall into two buckets. One about sort of research ethics practice and review. Uh, and then the other one about justice and access issues, whether in research or clinical settings. Thanks. And how long have you been um, involved with IJFAB? Actually, so when I was doing my PhD a wee while ago now, <laughs> um, I was very lucky. My department in New Zealand uh, funded us to go to one international conference for the time of our PhD. And so I went to FAB in um, what would have been the year it was in Edinburgh, which is 2015 or 16? 16, 2016. 16. Yeah. Um, and I met lots of awesome folk like Vicky Entwistle and Alison Ryan um, and uh, got involved that way, um, got involved with the board, um, then got involved with the journal, um, just loved being part of a community of people doing bioethics with a really different perspective that um, gelled with my personal and professional philosophy of um, what matters in this kind of space. Um, that wasn't something that was, you know, New Zealand, I love it. I miss it dearly, but it's at the end of the world <laughs> and it's a small, <laughs> it's a small place. That's a, a country that is a small town almost sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was nice to connect internationally with people who had the same sort of intellectual interests and approaches mm -hmm. to the work. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I was at that. Um, I was at that fab conference too no during my PhD. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've heard that so many times about people that I've met now that I didn't meet while I was there. Yeah. Yep. But yep. it was a seminal, seminal conference for so many. <laughs> it, it was. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Even though I hate that word, I wish I'd picked another one. <laughs> <laughs> An important conference. Exactly. Crucial. Yep. Crucial. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's just really important that we uh, continue to build. Uh, and sustain this community uh, of people with our shared interests um, because I, yeah 
it's an it's an important contribution to the field i think um it's important in terms of the impact it has beyond so mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. i'm really glad to be involved and get connected to people like yourself and so many others yes and i'm so glad that you're going to be um taking over the reins of the podcast i think you're going to do a great job I like to say big shoes to fill. I haven't quite got your dulcet tones. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the microphone, folks. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to it. I wonder if uh, in helping me take over in transition, you can tell us a little bit about what you really like about doing the podcast. Oh, I've loved doing the podcast. I um, I started out three years ago doing FabGab and... Um, I was motivated to do it partly because I love radio. I love podcasts. Um, and I really enjoy listening to people speak about their work. And honestly, sometimes I prefer this kind of format to know if I should then go and read a paper. (laughs) It's a nice way to kind of cheat a little bit, hear somebody describe what they've done and sort of think, okay, that, you know, I would like to read more about that or, um, or not or whatever. I think that applies to the listeners as well, right? Like- yeah. yeah, that's what I thought too. So I, I thought that that would be, you know, a good way to spread um, people's work. And I also was really hoping that this would provide a platform for people to promote their work. And, you know, I guess we're always sort of looking for ways to reach out beyond academia. And I'm not sure um, how many listeners we have outside of academia, but that was at least a part of the idea is that, this is a really accessible way for people who might not be in academic bioethics to get a taste of what we do. And people can, you know, guests on the show can send their podcasts wherever they want, um, send it out to people who are in industry or who work in advocacy or activism or um, friends or family or, you know, really whatever they'd like. So it's a great way, I hope, to promote um, each other's work and spread each other's um, great ideas further around. And then I think the other thing that I really like is to get to talk to all the people who have published in the journals. So I've really, you know, I've read, <laughs> I've read a few issues cover to cover now, and that's <laughs> a cool thing to do too. <laughs> Absolutely. It's definitely one of the things that I'll be taking away from listening to you is um, the questions you ask that get deeper than the paper or into why somebody was thinking about writing that or how they wrote that and I think those kinds of um, discussions or the information about how the writing process went is so important for different people listening as well yeah lots I'm taking notes (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was what I was hoping to because I think that it can be I think the journal the publishing process itself can be kind of opaque if you're starting out in a PhD and you're not really familiar with it, or even if you're sort of like later. Um, and I thought that maybe some of the, you know, hearing hearing people, even really established scholars talk about the struggle that they had with this paper can just be a way of sharing the experience. Like, oh, that's right. Like, this isn't always easy. Um, some papers come out very smoothly and get published quickly and other papers you just wrestle with for a couple of years before you kind of get it right and um that's been my experience for sure and i think that it's um it's been really interesting talking to people through the podcast and hearing all kinds of different experiences with writing and with reviewers and stuff like that where um you think oh yeah like this this can be an uphill battle sometimes <laughs> and that's okay it just i think it makes the work better absolutely 
Um, I wonder as well if you have any favourite episodes or uh, for whatever reason, whether it was the paper or the conversation or something happened. I don't know. That's such a good question. I think um, it would be hard to just pick a few favourites, you know, because the papers in the journal are really diverse. And that's one of the things that I love about the journal. It's that, well, I mean, feminist bioethics touches on really everything. So there's not sort of just one topic. I guess some of the papers that I enjoyed um, talking about most were ones that I actually had the the areas that I had least familiarity with. So there were a couple of papers um, that came out um, last year that were about temporality and um that's really not something that I know that much about. And there was one that was about clock time versus stomach time. And mm-hmm. I think that that was, um, that was Megan Dean and I just loved it. And that's an idea that I keep thinking about. I keep thinking about the difference between, um, the way that we approach time as, as if it's, you know, the little blocks in our calendar, these little fungible units that we can move around versus time as the seasons, where things are, it's like process oriented, things take the time they take. Um, I just really, I really love that um, idea. And so that's one that stuck with me. Another one that I thought was really um, interesting for me, at least, was the one that's about, it's a, it's a one from like quite early on. And it was about um, public health and precarity by Michael Doan and Amy Harbin. And um, I guess because I do public health ethics, that was one that I thought about quite a bit. They did um, some work in there in that paper about the different kinds of public health actors. So I, in my work, usually think about public health as a state actor, governmental actor, but they were thinking about public health in terms of like the charity organizations and the hospital organizations, especially in the American context, which isn't a context that I'm familiar with either. So um that was super interesting too. It's just, it's funny how some of the papers have really intersected with my interests and some of them have been completely different, but every single paper, I learned something new and it's been awesome. I mean, I've got lots to look forward to. Not that I don't obviously read lots of the general anyway, but um, I think there's also a difference if you're reading for some kind of activity versus reading um, the journals out and you're trying to look what's in it this month. Um, I think you get into it differently, especially if you have a conversation with them. Yeah, exactly. And I was, I would always try to read the papers with an I, with the the thought in mind about how to prompt the authors to say more about what was going on, um, not to be critical, but to think like, what are some questions that a student might ask? What are questions that people coming to this fresh might ask? Like, what are some of the maybe the the quote obvious unquote questions that as academics sometimes we just don't notice or we assume or or whatever and um which is fair enough but when you think you might have listeners who are not um as far along in the field or um maybe not in the field at all then it's sort of like you know let's let's unpack all of this and I think that's really fun again furiously taking notes (laughs) 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 I I I sense there probably will be a lot of emailing how do I do this yeah I'm always here yeah yeah Yeah. but I think that you'll have a wonderful time and um it really is an honor to be able to speak to all of our contributors to the journal I have really loved um being the host of FabGab and 
maybe at some point in the future I can come back to it who knows I won't I won't steal it from you Emma I won't oh no it's your baby but, um, <laughs> but maybe we'll also have you on to talk about your art oh that would be great <laughs> that would be really fun that'd be really fun to be a guest I would love it <laughs> Lots, lots of opportunities to get you back, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening to this little handover episode of FabGab. You can find Emma's latest episodes coming out sometime in the near future. And we'll be providing transcripts and papers as usual. FabGab is hosted now by Emma Tumulty and previously by me, Catherine McKay. You can find our other episodes on Spotify and you can subscribe to FabGab so that you'll never miss an episode. Thanks for listening and welcome, Emma. Thank you, Catherine. Bye. And bye.